today, today, amen, in this, this four-part uh, series that we're going to continue on, like I said, I can't say if you heard Wednesdays, you'll have to catch up on that. And please catch up on it because it is uh, in that five-part series that we went over Wednesday and regarding the church of God uh, as, amen, the new man. And so talking about how in Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible teaches us about being a new man in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? And the church is just like that. That's how the church is built by God, by new people. What did we mean by new people? You'll hear, you'll hear this on the YouTube and you hear it on the podcast. But you'll also see it as, amen, this understanding that it takes uh, unsaved individuals in a former lifestyle. And the church is the transformation of that darkened lifestyle now transformed into a lifestyle in the light. Amen. Or a godly lifestyle. And so that's the new man. And so today um, we're going into part five and then we'll have one more on wednesday which is a soldier the church is a soldier in the kingdom of god so today part five amen which would be spotify uh, number 36 it'll be uh today the church a bride the church a bride and we're going to go into ephesians chapter five can you say amen amen Ephesians, Ephesians chapter, chapter five. five. So, so if you join with me to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter five, five amen, amen, we're going to begin in verse one. one. Amen. amen. The Bible says this. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. <coughs> Excuse me. And walk in love as Christ also has walked in love and loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma but fornication in verse three and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not be even be named among you that is fitting for saints verse four neither filthiness nor foolish talk nor coarse joking, which are not which fitting, are not but fitting, rather, rather giving, giving of thanks. Of thanks. Verse, five, for Verse 5, for this you know, you know that no fornicator, unclaimed no fornic person, unclaimed nor covetous man, who is an idolater, not an adulterer, but an idolater, in other words, a worship of idols and images, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Of God. Verse 6. Let Verse no six, one deceive you with no empty words. For because words, of these because things, of these the wrath of God, the God comes upon the sons of disobedience. disobedience. Therefore, Therefore, in verse 7, verse do, seven not do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkened, or you were once darkness, in verse 8, but now you are the light in the world. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit, in verse 9, is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out, verse 10, what is acceptable to the Lord. In verse 11, and have no fellowship 
with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is, in verse 12, shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed, in verse 13, are made manifest by light, but whatever makes manifest is light. Once you think about that, whatever makes manifest is light. You're not a rat, you're not a snitch, None of that, amen. You are the light. So light exposes darkness, amen. And so verse 14 says, therefore he says, awake, you who sleep, arise the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 15, see them that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Verse 17, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God or the will of the Lord is. Verse 18, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Amen. And so the Bible goes on to say in verse 19, amen, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Amen. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. Submitting to one another in verse 21, in the fear of God. Now marriage as Christ and the church in verse 22, the Bible says, Amen. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, in verse 24, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Say that with me. In everything. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Verse 24, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, in verse 27, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For the for we, in verse 30, are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Verse 31, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is the great mystery, amen, in verse 32, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you, in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Can you say amen to that? And so that's uh, verses 1 through verses 33. And we're going to take a look at this, amen, and uh, break this down to help us understand how Paul the Apostle, amen, takes this uh, chapter, amen, and these 33 verses and begins to teach us that is, he begins to teach on the factual understanding and fundamental foundation on marriage. He says, amen, it is the almost like a parable what Jesus would speak as a relationship with the church 
in Christ. See, no relationship on earth is more fundamental than the marriage relationship. Ultimately, the very core of our culture, the very core of our culture and civilization rests on this basic institution. This is also why uh, the religious and non-religious alike become alarmed when the marriage relationship breaks down or is in trouble. If you didn't believe that, amen, that's why even the non-believers, amen, have uh, constituted laws and, 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 and restrictions, amen, and protections, especially when it comes to domestic violence, amen, because this is one of the greatest fundamental relationships and how one should respect or how one should treat another, amen. Marriage is the most intimate of all relationships, of all on, relationships earth. on earth. I want you to understand this. I was just I was hanging, hanging out with a family out member, family member uh, just the other day, man, and, and uh, we were and, talking, uh, and, 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 uh, and uh, um, uh, we don't, uh, I didn't respond. I was just listening. I was in a position of listening. And in my listening, there was a statement where we were talking about our children. We were talking about our daughters, our son, amen. And when it came to referencing the wife, amen, Men, uh, uh, the other individual said, "Well, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I I, I love my wife beyond everything, but it's just just more deeper when it comes to my children. And I want you to understand it because this is where a lot of marriages, amen. And when we think about this, amen, even in the church, remember Paul's teaching about the foundation of marriage, amen, and its relationship with Jesus and His church, amen." And so even above parent and child, the, the marriage is church, most man. intimate out of all, all relationships. Because everything. So I said, uh, like I said, uh, uh, I didn't respond. However, amen, as, as that statement was said, it was almost as though the marriage was like secondary. You know, it's like, oh, no, don't get me wrong. I love, I love my wife, but it's not the same as my kids. It's. My, my love for my kids is far more deeper, far more deeper, amen, and um, can you do me a favor and tap the video on the laptop? I think we lost video, and so uh, the reality is if I would have responded, I know it would have erupted into a big old uh, disagreement. Why is that? When you think about Christ in the church, you think about that marriage. It's still there? Okay, now it's back on. All right. All right. So what happens, amen, when you think about the church and the bride, Christ and the church, the, the assembly of us coming together, amen? And so I want to just really paint this out because... There's no, There's no other intimate, intimate relationship. relationship. Me being a, a, a Christian, Christian and saved by God through Jesus Christ is the most, is the most intimate, intimate relationship, relationship a far above like that even a parent and child. And so I want you to understand this because it's 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 farther than you and I, amen? Our relationship first has to be with God. That's why in many times when we have offense in church, we'll be offended by one another and we'll leave the church. And eventually, and eventually, sometimes, sometimes even, even ultimately, ultimately leave Christ. Christ. Amen? Amen. We'll leave, we'll the, leave church the church because we're in disagreement and we'll ultimately leave Christ. And that relationship, even though you and I are important, it's not as important and it should not be 
more intimate than your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. And so we should be able to follow Jesus. And therefore, amen, no attack in the church, no offense in the church, uh, uh, nothing to do with the organization, amen, should separate us, amen, from our returned intimacy with the intimacy that Jesus Christ loved us, yet though we were still sinners, and that nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Can you say amen to that? And so in that we know that there should be nothing, even our children. Now, a lot of times, amen, you have to understand this. So I, I would, if I would have responded in all honesty, I would say, hey, man, I love my kids, but it ain't no different. It ain't no comparison to my wife. And I want you to understand that because your kids will leave you. Hello, somebody. Your kids are going to grow up and say, see ya. And, 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 if, it, and if you have a daughter, she will have to submit to the man that's leading her. Come on, somebody. And that's the hardest, I know, personally. Amen. The men are a little bit different because uh, they will tend to be rooted a little bit more because they will bring their family with them. But the wife, if she does not, and we'll get into this a little bit, does not, amen, uh, build a, or enter into a healthy relationship, it can be devastating. Can I get an amen? Devastating. I know personally. Amen. And so God wanted to express the love he has for his people. He could not have chosen a more powerful image than liken the church to being his bride. A bride and groom are passionately in love. Can you say amen? They can think of nothing else but each other. It is an, it is an obsession. Come on, have you ever known anybody who got a girlfriend and then you never see him again? Amen. I was just talking to another brother just yesterday, and I told him, I said, you know, when your wife used to work uh, second shift or swing shift, uh, she would get off at 11 o'clock, and you would always call me. When she went to working days, you don't call me in the evening no more because she's home, right? And then he would tell me, oh, I got to go because, amen, my wife is home. See what I'm saying? Because that relationship is more important. I want you to understand that because when we look at that in our life, that even though we have mom and dad come to visit, even though we have brother and sister come and visit, even though we may have uh, a primo and prima or tia concha, whatever it may be in your life, when it comes to God, it should be secondary because of the utmost obsession that you have for the love that you have of God. Can you say amen? Such is the love of God for his church, his bride. And what he desires is for us to have for him. When we love like this, our every thought, our every expression finds its way to God, and it's always about God. Can you say amen? So I want to give you this little illustration uh, from an author, amen, uh, Jack Ippolito, amen, and a Christian reader, uh, article uh, titled Life Fair. It was during a losing and long, uh, long stretched out baseball game that the restless 12-year-old players were questioning Richie, their assistant baseball coach, about his attractive younger sister. I mean, all they wanted to talk about was his little sister and his little sister this and his little sister that. Annoyed by the idle chatter, the head coach hollered, when you're in the dugout, talk about baseball and nothing about baseball. 
This is why we're losing. And after a moment of silence, a young voice began to chutter again. Hey, Richie, so does your little sister like to play baseball? Amen? You get that? They're in the baseball uh, dugout. They're losing and they're discouraged because they're not focusing on the game. What they're focusing on is the assistant uh, baseball coach's little sister. They want to know her name. They want to know what she's about, right? They're, they're Google-eyed about it, right? And when the coach yells and says, hey, man, when you're in this dugout, you're talking nothing about baseball. So everybody gets silent, and one kid gets the, the courage to stand up and go, hey, little, hey, Richie, does your little sister like baseball? So in other words, he's incorporating baseball with what he's, you know, obsessed with. And that when you and I are in love with God, then everything evolves around that. Can you say amen? Everything revolves around that. And it doesn't mean that you can't talk about anything else, but you're talking about God. You're talking about how good the Lord has been in your life. In other words, amen, you like it. As the scripture told us in verses 1 through verses uh, uh, 13, it began to tell us, amen, that we are, and actually in, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, we are, amen, to liken this thoughts, amen, as a child, as these little children, amen, were fascinated with what God is doing. Can you say amen? See, the Bible teaches us that the church is like a bride and that God desires a, 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 a covenantal relationship with each believer. Amen. The church is more than an institution. And like marriage, the relationships are sacred to God. Like marriage, the relationships are sacred to God. Amen. So first point, amen, today we're talking about the church as a bride. You always start with the individual. Come on, somebody. Just like a marriage, you start with the individual. Now, some of you might catch this, and if you do, in one of the one of the, the men's fellowship or the men's Bible study on, on Wednesday, I mean on Mondays, amen, I covered, and we got into this subject, amen, uh, about, amen, the position of man. We talked about Adam and we talked about Eve. So you might even hear a little bit on this. And so this is how we get there all through scripture. Point number one, the individual uncompromising individual. Amen. When the church is comprised, it matters about each and every one of us as a member in the body of the church that we individually are non Uncompromising, amen. In other words, amen, that each and every one of us are living wholly in our own individual lives, amen. Because when we look at that, purity is the utmost important. In verses 1 through verses 14, in chapter 5 of Ephesians, this is what Paul begins to discuss. He says, Before discussing the marriage relationship, he discusses the individual's responsibilities before God. One cannot have a good marriage. If the individuals are not good, I want to say that again. One cannot have a good marriage if the individuals are not good. Amen. It doesn't mean that one is good and one isn't. They both have to be equally good. Come on, somebody. God, as the, uh, as the creator of all things, amen, we know he is holy. And see, this is where the world, and when, when we read through this portion of scriptures in verses 1 to verse 14, it teaches us, as Paul says, do not be deceived by, by empty words. And I want you to focus on that. As a church and as the bride of Christ, many times people will work to discourage you from living pure. 
People will work to, to discourage you from trying to live holy. People will actually come with empty words of persuasion to try to persuade you, amen, not to live righteously. And those words will be empty. In other words, they're trying to convince you that you don't have to live like that. And that's not how God really is. And so if you ever have any type of these relationships or these conversations, because more likely you're trying to live more for God. So people will try to get you to knock you down. Amen. Say that with me. People will try to knock me down. And what it means is try to tone you down because you're too excited. You're, 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 you're too uh, enthusiastic about this newfound relationship that you have with God. Now, let's take it, for example, and you're in a relationship with a person, right? You go out and you find somebody. And what's the first thing that people start to do? Well, I don't like her. Your dad, Your dad goes, goes out and finds a girl. Girl. I don't, I don't like, like her. You know, it's something about her, right? Johnny, amen. Well, you know, she's okay, but, you know, I don't know. You know, or, or man, you're never around no more. You know what I'm saying? It's always about her. It's always about her. And so you start to see that. And so in our disagreement, come on, somebody, in what's happening, amen, we'll try to bring that forth and try to knock down the individual in hopes to diminish the furtherance of that relationship. Come on, somebody. That happens in the church. The more you start going to church, the more you desire to do more in church, the more you desire to do more for God. Come on, somebody. It's no different, like, like leading worship, amen, and you start to shed off certain things, amen, right, because you spend more time practicing worship songs, and then the person next to you might say, well, you always got to listen to that kind of music. I mean, I mean can't we have fun like, like like you know listen to other music and you're like no i'm trying, trying to practice i practice right she says i practice all the time right driving to work coming home from work you might even be at work and practicing by listening to that music that's why that's always been a downfall for me growing up amen people always were able to empty words to get me to knock down my my desire for passion nowadays amen you have all kinds of Christian music, amen? I listen to Christian rap, Christian rock, Christian metal, Christian ska. I mean, I listen to Christian alternative, amen? Christian reggae, Christian country, amen? I'm telling you, there's it's all kind of music out there that glorifies God. So whatever flavor I'm feeling that day, amen? If I want to wear my hat and bend it, amen, feel a little back country roadish, amen? I'll throw on some Christian country, amen? If I'm feeling with the bandana and a one percenter, amen, I might throw on that, that punk or, or a little bit of that rock and roll, amen. Come on, somebody. Uh, there's even Christian oldies, amen. If I'm feeling a little suave, look at like Rico over there, man, with his, his nice little shirt, amen, and hair combed back, amen. And I'll throw a little bit of that, that oldies, you know what I mean? And, and so I'll cruise around with that. Can you say amen? And if I'm feeling a little bit radical, amen, I'll throw on that heavy rock and heavy metal and, ah, and just... You know, bang my head for Jesus. Can you say amen? It, it depends on what. If I feel like putting my head to the side, I'll listen to hardcore, amen, uh, uh, deep, amen, ghetto rap, amen, uh, Christian, amen, reaching my people. Can you say amen? When can I have a good marriage if individuals are not good? But it's critical to evaluate the other person before entering into a marriage. Amen. Now, how is that, amen, in reference to us with God? So you have to understand, if you evaluate who God is, God doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. Come on, somebody. He don't want you as a weekend warrior. Come on, somebody. 
God don't want to be your side thing. Come on, somebody. Amen. He doesn't want to be Sancho. He doesn't want to be Sancha. Amen. He doesn't want to be the girl on the side. Come on, somebody. He wants to be number one. Amen. The one that you talk to above all things. The one that you only go to when you have needs. Can you say amen? See, Christ wants his bride to live a pure life, amen. Paul outlines this, amen, as the responsibilities of the individual as part of the bride of Christ. He begins with these positive aspects in verses 1 through verses 14. He says, be imitators of God. He also says, live a life of love. And he also says, amen, live a sacrificial living, exampled after Christ. He also goes into the fact that he begins to hit the negative issues to avoid, amen, in verses 10 to verses 14. He says the negative amen, issues that we are to uh, avoid, amen, it says no obscenity, no obscenity. He goes on to say no foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place for the saints, but rather thanksgiving. He says, amen, and the negative issues that you and I are to avoid is immorality and also impure and greedy or idolaters, amen. God desires us to live above the standards of this world. God take this, amen, in Christianity, volume 41, number eight, an illustration from the author Simpson took this understanding. He says, when an observatory is about to be built, the site is selected always on some high mountain. Amen. The aim is to find a place where there is a clear, unobstructed view of the heavens. I want you to, I want you to hear that. Amen. It's always placed on a mountaintop where there is a clear, unobstructed view of the heavens. Similarly, faith requires for its heaven the vision to be the highlands of holiness and separation, the pure skies of a consecrated life. Can you say amen? A consecrated life. See, the difference, amen, when you think about that holy and consecrated life, amen, many times, amen, when we think about this intimate relationship with God, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to deal with the understanding, amen. As I said earlier, there's no intimate relationship more intimate than that between a husband and a wife yes even far above having the relationship with children amen because it's the only relationship that god says become one flesh can you say amen i don't become one flesh with my son i don't become one flesh with my daughter amen they are to go on as we read through the scriptures up to verse 14 amen they are to the, the son is to leave the parent the father and mother and start his own family amen so when we come together as husband and wife we the bible says become one flesh amen that's why when we come to christ we are to become one flesh one in spirit, amen, and one in unity. And Wednesday's message, if you listen to that, will deal with that new man and the power of unity with God. Can you say amen? When we seek to marry someone, we want to know that their heart is fully devoted to us and that their previous corrupt lifestyle is over. Can I get an amen? Let me say that again. Their previous cheating, lying, low life 
not dependent, not trustworthy, double-talking, double-necked, rubber-necked, right, is over. Can we get an amen on that, right? So when you're going to get married with somebody, you want that rubber-necked man, amen, that's always looking, amen. And, oh, okay, you guys don't do that. Well, at least I did when I before I got married. I, I want to be holy like you guys when you guys get, you know, when I get to your age, amen, when I get old like you. But the reality is, amen, we want to make sure that if we're going to engage in a lifetime relationship, a lifetime relationship, we want to make sure that that individual, that person is good for our future. Can you say amen to that? And that they're fully devoted to us, amen, and that they're ready. Come on, I'm going to say the S word. Come on. They're ready to... to S -s 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 settle down. Come on. And I'm going to say the, the C word. Commit. Commit to a lifelong loving relationship. And this is what God is doing, amen. That's why when we begin to look at all the scriptures throughout the word, where even in Matthew, the Bible teaches us that when we put our hands to the plow and look back, we are unfit for the kingdom of God. Same thing in a relationship. If we put our hands to the, the plow of the relationship and we look back, we're unfit. But what it means is that we're not ready. We're not, we're not in a position to commit to this lifelong commitment. Amen. And this is where we break down in fear of wanting to trust one another or wanting to commit. Jesus, amen, when we look at this as our Savior, amen, he is prepared, amen, and we are to be prepared as well to live that pure lifestyle because that pure lifestyle does not happen by accident. That pure lifestyle does not happen by accident. Look at verses 15 to verses 20 again. See that when you walk, you walk uncircumcisely, amen, before the Lord. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is the dissipation, amen, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, uh, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in fear and in God. Amen. That's why it's no, it, it's, there's no issue, amen. If you got to discipline your kids, amen, sing to them, amen, in a hymn, amen. Ooh, you're about to get whipped because you ain't listening, amen. You don't have to yell at them, amen. Oh, I'm going to count to one. If you don't listen, I'm pulling the gun. You know what I'm saying? And the reality is, amen, the Bible teaches us, amen, that there is a, a, a intimate but a respectful and an understanding that is needed in all our relationships, amen, especially as Paul begins to teach the church of Ephesus on the foundation of marriage, on the foundation of marriage, amen. And so what is this important? Today, amen, we sing. Today, we worship the Lord, amen. We came before God, and the Spirit of God began to move, amen. And so what does that tell us about the foundation of marriage? Many times, we're not in psalms, amen. Like, you know, when you think about the psalms, amen, from David, amen, they were poetic, amen. They were poetic 
statements that statements Saul, that, Saul uh, uh, that David, uh, that David amen, wrote as songs or songs to his creator. Amen. And this, this is why, why, amen, when you talk with your wife or your wife, when you talk to your husband, amen, write him a poem, write him something, amen, speak, amen, with harmony. And the Bible says, and hymns, amen, what are hymns? The same song over and over again, amen, like that old song. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. It's a simple, right? Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Hey, right? And so these hymns, amen, are just simple words being repeated over and over. This is where you get the foundation in marriage. Amen. Have I told you I love you today? And if your wife, amen, turns around and tells you, yes, you have. Well, let me just say it again. I love you. Amen. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Amen. Psalms, amen, is that poetic moment, amen, when you can begin to express your emotions and express your feelings. Spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, amen. When we think about this, amen, Paul begins to address real quickly, amen, that Paul tells individual believers to prepare themselves to live holy. He says, be careful. Then how do you live, not as unwise, but as wise in verse 15? See, one cannot live a godly life by accident or without planning. It just doesn't happen. Amen? You're not going to just stumble on holiness or, 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 or living pure. You have to prepare yourself for that type of lifestyle. We must not be casual about sin in our own lives. And it is critical to be careful. The biblical days, there were those who were sloppy about their commitment, and they crashed their faith, and they crashed their relationship with God. And we can take this. Look at this. Amen. King Saul in the Old Testament threw away his relationship with God because he listened to the people when he was supposed to destroy King Agag. And the people said, hey, man, this guy's got cattle. He's got riches. He's got silver. He's got all these other things. And Saul did not put his foot down. He allowed them to do their own thing. Can you say amen? Look at Judas. Judas was careless with his position and relationship with God. And all because of money. Remember, Judas was the one that when they saw, uh, when they saw, when he saw Martha and Mary take the, 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 the uh, alabaster flask, a box of fragrant oil, and she broke it on the feet of Jesus as she was preparing uh, for his death. Amen. Uh, Judas rebuked her, and then he turned around and told the other fellows at the at the little bar there. He said, "Man, they, why would they waste that costly fragrant? They should have sold that oil and given the money to me so that it could be used for the ministry." But we know that he did not want that money for the ministry. He was beginning to. Be casual and become sloppy with his commitment and his faith in relationship with God. That's why he sold Jesus, amen, over to the high priest for 3,000 pieces of silver. If you understand this biblically, amen, 3,000 pieces of silver was the same price that it was for a slave. Amen. So he sold Jesus at the same price in biblical times that it would cost a landowner to buy a slave. Judas was careless and he paid a heavy price for that. Look at Demas, amen. 
Demas was a, a servant that went with Paul and, 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 and Luke, amen, as they began to spread the gospel. Demas had served God uh, with his heart and was uh, was careful, amen, to acknowledge God and was a great servant and a brother in the Lord. But then he got careless. Paul comments policy, uh, positively about Demas in the letter to the uh, Colossian church. In Colossians 4.14, he says, Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and his brother Demas send greetings. But later on, in 2 Timothy 4.10, he says, For Demas has become lost as he loved this world more than he loved God and has deserted me and has gone on to Thessalonica. See, Demas was this great warrior for God, a great servant for God, and who loved God with all his heart. Demas means son of encouragement. So one of the things about Demas is that he was always encouraging everybody, but he got careless. He got sloppy. Amen. He took, amen, without critical uh, thinking and careful uh, protection, amen, his own walk with God. And sooner or later, he chose, amen, his love for this world. And you say amen. So we must not let our guard down. Amen. In the movie, amen, that's relatively very old, amen, it's a... Uh, a movie with uh, Michael J. Fox, who plays Private Erickson, amen. Uh, the movie is called Casualties of War. And as Michael J. Fox plays Private Erickson, a soldier in the Vietnam War, who is part of a squad that abducts and rapes a young Vietnamese girl. He didn't participate in the crime, but he was there as it took place. Afterwards, as he struggled with what happened, he says to the other men in his squad, and this is what he, he spoke. Just because each of us might at any second be blown away or bombed into pieces, we're acting like we can do anything we want, as though it doesn't matter what we do. He says, I'm thinking it's just the opposite, because we might be dead in the next split second. Maybe we got to be extra careful in what we do, because maybe it matters more. Maybe it matters more than it ever has ever before. Death for all of us is a breath away. And the nearer death becomes, the closer we are to answering to God for all we have said and done. If you haven't watched an old movie, watch that movie. Powerful movie, Casualties of War with Michael J. Fox. Man, I'll tell you, that scene, if you, if you just fast forward to that scene or go onto YouTube and look at that scene alone, it will tear you up. The, the agony that he's going through, the the, 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 the the discomfort of knowing, hey, I didn't do this. Hey, I wasn't involved in that. Amen. But he was there with that squad. And I want you to understand this. Amen. When you look at that and understand why, why use that as an illustration? Because that happens with us. Sometimes we're living righteous. We're living for God. We're trying to take care of our family. But we're associated, amen, with the with the ugly of the world, amen. The ugly of the world and the ugly of the things that come around. And, and it becomes part of our own conviction. And you say amen. When we when we're broken, because see, that's relationship, and that's the church. And he says we must be more careful as death gets closer and closer. Can I get an amen? I don't know about you, but I'm getting older. Amen. And death. Is coming even closer. We must, we must be uncompromising with sin, especially as the bride of Christ. Before Paul addresses their marriage relationship, he addresses 
who they are as individuals. And we don't primarily charge or change much after we are married from what we are before we get married. Amen. At least not with great effort. I want you to understand that. But Paul begins to break this down. He says, listen, you must know the individual beforehand because marriage doesn't change them. Hello, somebody. Marriage doesn't change them. At least not with a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort. Uh, my, uh, my family member that I was hanging out over the, the, the last couple of days, amen. I love what he said. He says, you know what? I made it through life and I'm where I'm at today. But I'll tell you, if it wouldn't have been for my wife supporting me, pushing me and challenging me, I would have never made it. It just wasn't my life. But she made a great impact and was a major factor in how I got through. Here's a guy, amen, that didn't plan to go to college, would eventually go to college and eventually become a teacher and so forth and so on. Amen. And today he gives that honor. Well, just you, like you and I, amen, we must understand who we are as individuals, even as a church. Even as I tell my children, I can't save you. You, are, when you become an adult, you have to make your own decisions. You have to make your own choices. And it's important that you look at individuals, amen, especially in the area of marriage, to understand who they are before you get involved. Can you say amen? It's important. I was just listening to a testimony of somebody that just got married not even two months ago, and already they're complaining about each other. I'm like, man, my God, you just got married 60 days ago. And you're already talking, well, this wife of mine and this... Well, but didn't you know who that person was before you got involved? Well, no, not really. Well, then that's your fault. That's like buying a car, not test driving it, right? I mean, I heard Carvana is a very easy way to, to buy a car, but if you don't want to sit in the front seat and test drive it, that's on you, amen? You know, they'll give you what, I think 72 hours to test it or something like that, and then you can return it, amen? That don't happen in marriage, right? Once you say, I do, you don't get a 72-hour test run. It's done, amen? It's over, amen? Paul returns to the positive at the end of his list here in verses 15 through 20. He says, making the most of every opportunity. He says, understand what the Lord's will is. And then he says, amen, be filled with the spirit and speak to one another in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing, sing and make melody and music in your heart to the Lord and always give thanks. Can you say amen? Now, verses 21 through verses 33, Paul now addresses human marriage as a symbol of the relationship of Christ with his church. He begins by stating that they should mutually submit to one another. Mutually submit to one another. This speaks of respect and love. Not lording over one another or each other, amen, but caring for each other equally. The passage that follows most Amen. After this, amen, is in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Let's go there again. Verse 21. The Bible says this, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, verse 24, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wife be to their own husbands in everything. And I had you guys repeat, in everything. Can you say amen? Now, this is where you might have heard this already before from me. Because it, it is certain 
that, that, that certainly has been left out of the conversation by some men who like to quote the very next scripture after 21. Submit to one another out of the reverence of Christ. So men jump to 22 and say, wives, submit to your husbands as the Lord. So we like to focus on that, right? Well, why are you supposed to submit to me? We don't like verse 21, submit to one another. Amen. So when you think about church as the bride, amen, of Christ, we have to understand this. Christ, God gave his only begotten son for you and I. He's already uh, relinquished, amen, his authority. He's, he's come down, amen, in a human, uh, human form through his son, Jesus, amen, to save you, to deliver you, to set you free. And, but but the understanding, amen, yes, wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord, but first, we as husbands show the exampleship when we can submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, amen? See, the idea of submit here is often misunderstood. First, it is a middle voice in the Greek language, meaning a voluntary desire, an attitude to contribute. Not by force or decree, but by volition. Amen? But by volition. And that word volition means, amen, the faculty or power of using one's will. Amen? So when you submit, submit to God or submit to one another, or because, see, your wife will submit to you. That's verse 22. But verse 21 says we got to submit to one another. We got to submit to one another in reverence. And that means by your own will. Not because you're forced. Not because somebody asked you. Not because somebody's uh, forcing you or mandating you. But because it's an attitude to contribute. Come on, somebody. Amen. I want to be a part. I want to do something. Amen. Meaning a decree. Amen. And this is an act of love. Amen. An act of love. I was blessed when you walked in. You said, okay, Pastor, so what, what, what's this about this uh, this this property, you know, and showing up this thing? See, I didn't have to force that on you. And, and I, I sent the text out, and you came in, and right away, boom, you made the statement. Amen. As Brother Dan, uh, Danny passed away uh, just the other day, amen, and his son Daniel's still over there. Everybody knows, right? He works there at the Arrow Inn, and and Jack's, you know, uh, a maintenance man there. And so now we're, we put out the decree. We put out the, the we sounded the horn, amen. They they, they help to shore up that, that property, amen, so that they can move that disabled kid. He's no, Daniel's no different than my son. For months, we've been sitting around talking about what would happen if I passed away. My son would be in, in limbo, amen. Now we have a brother next door that's dealing with that same issue. One thing that's different between Daniel and Joshua is that Daniel won't run. Amen. Don't stay in his room. He, he, he just, you know, he, he's, he's secure. Joshua, forget it, man. He like deacon. You like the leash off? He's gone. Joshua won't play, man. He'll just vote. He's gone, right? And and no matter no matter how much, like, I, I, we had deacon out there on the trail, and, and no matter how faithful he was doing, as soon as I just, I mean, he, we had him out there for a couple of days. And he'd been behaving. I actually took off the leash, and, 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 and he thought it was still on him, so he didn't run. So I clicked it back on, and I made a mistake, man. I made a mistake. But he made a mistake because he ran into the tent, and he he, th he didn't know there was there was going to He thought it was open. And so he jumped out the car and went into the tent, and the tent was closed. Then he looked up in the van, and 
like, like oh, oh man, I should have ran through that, that door, door, not that door. <laughs> so he was caught. So I had him, amen. But that's like Joshua, man. As soon as he knows he's gone, he's gone. But see, that, that, that's the decree, man, that, that we are, uh, that, that worry meant to submit is an attitude to contribute because it's an act of love. I do this because I'm in love, amen? Not only with God's people, but with God Almighty. I'm obsessed with them. That's all I could talk about. Earlier, brother, actually, we, Alex, we talked about when a guy gets a girlfriend, right? And then you don't see him no more. Right? You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? And then when they break up or they're having an argument, they show up like, oh, you guys might be having a fight. Why are you saying that? No, oh, man. I just wanted to come by. Oh, yeah, after three months? And then sure enough, right? They start getting the text, bing, bing. They start, and then they get the phone call. And, hey, man, I got to go home. So what she said, come home? Okay. I, I know. And we all laugh, right? Because I was that. I was that person. Come on. But see, there's something about intimacy and being obsessed with God. Just no different than you're obsessed with your boyfriend or you're obsessed with your girlfriend. And that's all you can talk about. Amen. Like Pepe Le Pew with the little eyes. And well, some of you might be too young. Pepe Le Pew, right? You, you remember Pepe Le Pew? All right. It's just come. Yeah. Amen. Submitting on the outside. Amen. It's not, not what, what we're talking, talking about. about. We're talking about submitting on the inside. That's why it's an act of love. Not just on the outside. You're doing it, you know, so everybody can look at you as you're doing it, but your heart's not there. Come on, somebody. If you've ever, amen, uh, supervised anybody at work, if you ever were there at work and your coworkers, if you've ever owned a business, if you ever have been responsible for other people other than yourself, you can tell when people do something because they have to, and you can tell when people do something because they love what they do. Can you say amen? You, you know the difference. That's what God is saying. When we submit to one another, it's not because we want to show people we're submitting, but because it's inside our heart. It's an attitude. Amen. It's a sacrifice, and it's an act of love. Amen. And peace, amen, when we think about it, it indicates a sense of safety. It indicates a sense of peace based on the loving character of the husband. When the wife can submit to a husband, it's because she trusts him. Amen. Now, I want you to understand this. Amen. This is why I've said this, and I will continually say this. Amen. Men, stop complaining about your wives. Stop complaining about your women. Amen. Why? Here it is. There are three verses written to the woman and nine Versus to the men. So where do you think the greater problem is? In the woman or in the husband? The issue is with the husband. That's why there's nine verses just in this scripture alone that deals with the man submitting to one another, submitting to your wife, watering your wife. Come on. As Christ waters the church. You know what I'm saying? The issue is not with the woman. That's why when we sit around and we talk, I said, stop complaining about your woman. The guys are older. Well, you know, she stop. There's nine verses that deal with you being a problem and only three with her. <laughs> Ran out of paper, right? Because you got to think about this. This has always been the issue. And when we had that talk, it's actually, I think it's podcast number 32 or something like that on Spotify. Amen. When we had the discussion, amen. 
and we posted it. Amen. It's on Spotify. Amen. So when you when you when you listen to that that, that podcast, it was dealing with Adam and Eve. Adam started blaming Eve. He put the responsibility on God. It's that woman that you created, and it's her fault because she gave it to me. And that's the nature of man. Amen. This is why this has been my testimony. For 24 years, I never complained about my wife. For 24 years, my family still have not heard a complaint about my wife. Amen. I share to the church and to the church only. As she promised me tortillas, homemade, and never made them. But that's a joke. Amen. It's true. But I say it in a joking way. But I would have never complained to my mom about that. Oh, you know, mom, you know, she says she's going to make me tortillas, you know, and she never did. Because what would happen? Every time my mom would be there, oh, you know, when women promise to make tortillas, that's why men can't stay faithful, you know what I'm saying? There was, no, there was nothing. And I'll be honest with you, up until 2017, that's why my family didn't like my wife. Because it was like, there's no way she's that perfect. There's, There's no, no way, way that my that son, knowing my son, little Ray, Ray, Ray Jr., has, has no complaints, complaints about that woman. As picky as he was, as stubborn as he was, I mean, matter of I mean, I stayed single all the way until I was 28, going on 29. Come on, I gotta tell you, right? I didn't date nobody in between. Come on, somebody. At least I don't want to say on video. Come on. But the reality is, amen. They they always come on because everybody complains. About everybody, especially in men. The three verses cannot be stripped away from the command that Paul says to husbands. For them to love their wife like Christ loved the church. A wife will find it a joy to submit to a man who loves her, sacrifices for her, and is willing to lay down his own life for her. Can you say amen? His own life for her. That's why I always tell the men. Stop complaining about your wife. You're part of the bigger issue. Amen. Get a hold of you. And that's what I was telling my wife. You're not perfect. I know that. But by the time I get dealing with me, I ain't got time for you. And the scripture, I'm dealing with the plank in my own eye, but I ain't got time to pick out that little speck in yours. You get what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. I'm not saying you don't have a speck, women, because women have specks. A lot of specks. So many specks, you think they're, the, the, the retina of their eye is, it, it's got freckles. Come on. So. But when we think about the plank, in other words, amen, as I was initially married, I had so many issues that I had to deal with that I had no time, amen, no time to complain about my wife. Come on, somebody. Don't tell your neighbor. You got too much time on your hands. A husband won't have problems loving a wife who cares for his best interest either. Women. So I said women. Amen. Speak to your husbands. Amen. With psalms and hymns. Amen. I always say this. Amen. The, the Samson and the Delilah moment. Amen. The Samson and Delilah moment. We need more wives. Amen. To treat their husbands like Samson. Amen. Oh, you big, strong man. Look at you. Man, I love the way you open up that door. Ooh, let me just touch that muscle. Look at that little muscle right there. You know, we need, uh, because that's what Delilah did. Delilah got Samson, amen, and laid him out. Come on, somebody. She followed his hair, and she rubbed his, his chest, amen, and she, she stroked his ego, amen, and made him feel bigger than he was. 
was. Now we know Samson was was very strong and mighty in the Lord, but even her, even Delilah was able to elevate him beyond that strength. I want you to catch this. When wives speak to their husbands in songs and hymns, you elevate that man. You have his best interest in his life, amen. My wife would finally get this, amen, after a few years of marriage, and as busy as we got, when she began to stay home to care for our kids, she understood, I'm not going to complain that my husband doesn't think about sitting with the kids. I'm not going to sit here and pasteurize my husband, amen, and look up that word pasteurize, like the way they make milk, right? They get milk and butter, they pasteurize the milk, they filter it, come on. Women think they can filter the men through talk. We don't like talking. We don't like words. Come on, somebody. Think about men, right? You turn around and say, hey, fool, who you calling fool? You look at a man the wrong way, and right away they think you want to fight, right? Let alone words. A woman will use a paragraph just to ask the man to throw the trash can out. Come on, somebody. Or how about this? They're slamming doors and, and closing cupboards and opening drawers and doing it right to try to get the attention. Men need to be spoken to. Come on, somebody. Not talk that. I'm going to say that again. Men need to be spoken to, not talk that. And Delilah did that. She spoke into the, to the ego of Samson. And she goes, oh, Samson, I love the way you lie right there. Woo, yeah, well, you just got me going. You're just like an aroma of beauty. But see, Samson, the same, he drew back because every time she desired something from him, he gave it to her. Even up to the folly of his own dismay when he gave her the secret to his consecration of a pure life with God. And that was that he was not to ever have a razor touch his hair. So women, you want to know how to get to your husband to get him to do what he needs to do? Speak to him. Don't talk at him. Speak to him. Like Delilah spoke to Samson. And that's why my wife and I, uh, like Sister Penny, she would always say, man, we were, we were funny. But I would turn around and say, what's up, Delilah? Hey. I said, you need Samson right now, don't you? Okay, let me, let me, let me open that jar for you, you know? Go ahead and fill that. Fill it. Hold on. Hold on, woman. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Because you understand, amen, the intimacy of relationship, amen? Because you're at peace. You're comforter. You're, you're comfortable. Uh, you, you, you trust, amen, and there's no fear of mistrust. Can you say amen? Now, listen, as we, as we close with this, amen, I want to just take us to this point, amen. Love seeks to free, not to control. Come on, somebody. Love seeks to free, not to control. Christ loves his church. He sets us free from sin, domination, and dominion, and frees us. Excuse me, to love him back with a heart that desires to submit to him. Meaning I voluntarily do what the Lord wants me to do. Come on, somebody. Husbands, your wife is your partner, not your servant, and not your enemy. Come on, somebody. And then when men complain about their wives, that's exactly what we think they are. She's out to get me. Come on, somebody. She want to break me. 
She wanna, she wanna hold me down. Come on, somebody. Now, I, I, I just gotta say this because uh, you're free to love him back with a heart that desires to submit to him. Amen. Marriage is a beautiful thing. Amen. But you have to understand, it is an amazing relationship, and it's powerful, just as such the church also is. Can you say amen? Love levels the playing field. When the, when the playing field feels unlevel, it's because one is lacking in loving the other. And maybe one is loving the other when the other one is not. Amen? Because when love is mutual and love is equal and there's an equality, it levels the playing field. Can you get amen? And what happens with that, amen, is that you come together, amen, and you encourage and you enhance, amen? There was always these times, amen? You know, there were times where I was feeling down, my wife would fill up, amen? She would be encouraging me, amen? I would fill up, she'd fill down, and I'm encouraging her, amen? And I got a, I got a swing of those things, amen? When I knew we were about to hit the, the storm, when I, when I when I knew the tsunami was coming, come on, somebody. Uh, on purpose, I'll be honest with you. My wife knew this. She goes, you, you're like a Jacob, man. You know how to play God. I said, well, I know his word. I know the blueprint. I know how to get around the systems, amen. I know what I can do, and I know what I can't do. And so when I when I realized that the storm was about to hit, I would go into this negative mode. Why? So my wife would be the positive one. And she caught on to that after a while. I'm like, oh, man, you know, I don't know what we're going to do here, man. Because I, I knew the storm was coming. And I'm like, you know, man, I, I'm, I'm really praying. And she's like, look, man, we can do this, man. And God is going to. And I'll be like, come on. That's what I need. I need that woman encouraged. I need her on fire. Because now we're going to take the storm, right? Now, I knew I was going to take the storm. But I needed to humble myself. And submit and myself, myself to allow, to allow her, her to find her and curtain. Get what I'm saying? And so when and so you when can you submit can to your wife, yes, yes, to one another, another amen, amen, you understand, you understand what, what they need. They just need. like God, God knows. And so, no, many, so times, many times, I would play I would the discouraged one. Just so that she would be the one. Come on, you can do it. I know I can. I just want you to know that I can. Because if I just go and do it, I'm dragging you along. And you're saying, no, we can't. Oh, we're going to sing. Oh, this is going to go out. Oh, we're going to crash. I want you to know that I know, that we know, that God knows that we know, that we can do this. Amen? Sometimes, amen, as men, we're too ahead of God. And we're, and we're too prideful, prideful and we're too arrogant, arrogant amen, amen, and we're too and we're in the flesh, flesh amen, amen, to allow ourselves to submit to God and humble ourselves. ourselves. Can you say amen? So my wife goes, I, I love, love it, but I hate it, because you know just how to get me going. I said, yes, just like you know how to get me going. Just like the church, amen. We know how to get God going. How's that? We start praying. We start worshiping. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, come on. We start worshiping. We start praying, and what happens? God's presence just start to overwhelm us. Amen. Wives, your husband is your partner, not your enemy. Amen. Right? When we went on to that, that podcast, amen, on that, that men's night, amen, that I covered, amen, we talked about it. We told the women, don't listen to it. Some men sent it to the women. Shame on them. Amen. Because sometimes the women, amen, can't understand what men are supposed to be talking about, amen? amen. And so and we're so not, we're the, not doing, right? When right? we talk when about, talk about uh, dominion, dominion, women look at that as what? Control, control right? right? No, we're, we're supposed to be responsible for our household. We're supposed to be responsible for our wives and for our children. But when we say men, like Adam, you're to subdue, have dominion, 
and rule. Amen. We look at that as control. Amen. So wife, your husband's your partner, not your enemy. And it's an amazing relationship and powerful, such as the church also. Amen. Marriage was meant by God to be a permanent relationship between husband and wife. We leave our parents, not our spouses. We build our lives together, working together, loving together, growing together. In marriage. in this is marriage. the idea of becoming this one flesh and joining that is complete while paul relates this comments relates here comments to a man and woman he also states this is what he states, should also he apply should also to apply us as the mystery that's in the church the bride of christ there is strength in being united and power to live in a way beyond the strength of a single person when you come in part of the church amen you're not there as an individual but you're there to be associated, associated as, as the, the body, body of Christ. Christ. Can you say amen? amen. The body, body of Christ. Christ. One, One of the best, best things about marriage is that neither of us has to be always right, always right, nor, nor always, always strong, strong, or, or always, always first, first, or, or always, always smart. smart. But, but between, between the, the two of us, we find that we can handle almost anything. Donald and Robbie Joy wrote that in a Marriage Partnership, Volume 5, Number 1. Amen. This is the concept. There were times where on purpose, I would let my fear, we fear, even though we know that we're going to have to deal with what we got to do, even though we're men and we're the husbands, we still fear. And we were talking about that the other day. I was like, man, I'll tell my wife, man, I know what I'm doing. And then I turn around and walk away and I don't have a clue. How are we going to pay for this? How are we going to buy? I got it. Turn around. I don't got it. But as long as you think we do, we're good, right? But the reality is, you don't always have to be right. Always have to be smart. Always have to be up front. As long as together, you know you can get through it. That's all that matters. The church is triumphant when we're united in Christ. Not even hell can prevail against the bride of Christ. The Bible says not even hell can prevail against the church of God. See, the mutual love and sacrifice will create a bond so powerful that all the demons in hell cannot fight against it. And our earthly marriages should reflect the image of the heavenly one that we have in the body of Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. We, when we realize the power of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and what he made for his church, we cannot fail to fall in love with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. He chose to die to be with us. He chose to die to be with us. I want you to catch that as we close. Because, because as he, as, he, as, you, as think you think about this, this amen, he chose, he chose God chose to send his son to this earth, earth so, that so that he could spend, spend the rest of his life with, with you and I. So in a marriage, one, in a marriage, we ought to know, amen, that there's nothing wrong with laying our pride and our ego down. And that would, for some of us, it just means, whether it's my anger, whether it's my stubbornness, whether it's my haughtiness, whatever it may be, that I'm willing to sacrifice that for the betterment of my wife and the betterment of my children and my family. Now, in the spiritual marriage between the church, it's no different. No That's why Paul, That's said, Paul said, no obscenity, Paul said, no fornication, 
no, 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 no coarse joking, no idle talk, amen. None of these things are befitting for the saints of God. And so these are the realities, amen, when you love, God also wants to see that you're, you can be faithful and, and there's a response to not. That's why I said in the empty words, I argue this all the time. When we talked about the body of the church being the mystery and I talked about the one saved, always saved, and the fact that we're saved by grace and not by works, that's true. true. But immediately, but immediately I, started I started getting phone calls. Getting phone calls. You, were right you were right when you right said, when you we're saved without works. By grace alone. alone. Yes. yes. But you, but blew, you blew it. it. Why? Why? Because then because you, you turned around and you started reading, reading scripture that says, and the work of the Lord. And the work of the Lord. Exactly. Because something happens when the initial point happens. What is that? When you engage in the relationship, there's an outcome from that. When you get saved, yes, without works. Just like, like the, the, the thief, thief on the cross, cross. Amen. amen. Just, just like, like the murderer on the cross, cross. they both had a choice. And one said, just allow me to be in paradise with you today. And Jesus said, so be it. He didn't preach the sermon. He never even, he never even said the, what we say today, the sinner's prayer. All he said, when the Lord says, what shall I do for you? He said, all I want is to be in paradise with you. He says, so, so shall, shall it be. be. He, never he never preached the sermon. He, sermon. he never let nobody in the Lord. He didn't even get baptized. Get baptized. Come, on, Come on, somebody. So what does that, so mean? What does that mean? Yes, right yes, now we're right dealing now with a few people passing away. And some of these things that they passed away, amen, they've been horrific. Amen, horrific. Trauma, unexpected. And so people say, well, how do you have this hope? Because, because at, at one, one time, time I prayed with that person. person. At, at one time, time we had fellowship with that person. person. And, so and so maybe they in this world they didn't they didn't, they didn't acknowledge it or they didn't go for it. it. But, but God, God, my hope and my prayer is this: that on their last breath, on their last breath, they remember. Why? Because that's how gracious God is. That's how merciful God is. That at that moment. You ever, you ever said, oh, my, oh my God, God, right? Before, Before you got, got to an accident. an accident. You ever said, Jesus ever said, Christ, Christ, when something skipped. You know what I'm saying? At that moment, you think. Now imagine, imagine, imagine if you've ever had that experience in your life. Well, at that moment, you're driving, you just go, you know, Lord, man, if I was to die right now, man, where would I go? Now you live, but imagine if it was that one person that breath, their last breath. Think about that. Think about, think about amen, walking, walking through a parking lot and thinking, and thinking like, man, like, you know what? You thank know God, you've been, God so been so good to me. And then that's, and then the, that's end. the end. See, that's so how gracious God is. God he would accept that desire, desire to acknowledge it, right? right? Because in your because own in your way, way, you're a sinner. sinner. You're, you're, you're lost, amen. You're in darkness. But that little simple cry, even that moment of thought, God would say, this is the moment. This is the moment that I know. You're thinking, you're thinking about, about I want you to think, think about, about that. that. Think, think about, about it in a relationship between, between a husband and a wife, or boyfriend and girlfriend, or fiance. You know that moment when you're just driving down the street and you're thinking about your girl, you're thinking about your fiance, you're thinking about your baby mama, you're thinking about amen, your wife. And that one moment you just go, man, you know what, man? I'm so in love. I'm so thankful. At that yeah, one moment, moment, and then you go and get a, get a you know a uh, bundle of flowers, or you get you get something, you get something that they like. You, you, you call them at that moment, say, "Hey, you want you, you want, want Starbucks, or you want this? You want you know? Can I get you something?" Because you're moved by that. See that one thought is the same thought that Jesus moves on. So we have a hope. We have a hope. I rather have a hope than not hope. I have rather have a hope, amen. Just like Brother Jonathan's brother, 
There's nothing you wouldn't do for your wife. There's nothing you wouldn't do for your children. And that's how God is with us. There's nothing he would not do for his church. There's nothing that he would not do for you and I as his bride. It becomes relevant unto us as responsible to respond to that love. Can you say amen? Both as the bride of Christ, an example of marriages, we are to live in such a way as to demonstrate the power of God's love and commitment to you and I, just like this father, amen. That's why many times when we've talked, amen, as we now experience daddy passing away and leaving little Daniel over there, I've always said, amen, God, I just couldn't phantom, I just couldn't phantom because my son at a time didn't have anybody. What would happen to my son? And you guys have heard me say this all I ask God is that if my son wants to go home to be with the Lord, just take me with you, man. Let us go together, amen. I don't want to leave my son unprotected, uh, unsupported, amen. I don't want to have to live without him, amen. Now, I want you to understand this, because I have to live without my wife, but the relationship still is demanding. Can you say amen? Because, see, I'd rather have gone to be with my wife than rather live without her. But, see, in that relationship between God and the church and you and I with one another, there's still a life that's still needed. Come on, somebody. And so when you look at you and I as this series, amen, in this series as a church, today we look at it as a church as a bride. When you have that intimate relationship, you're willing to do whatever it takes. I can just, you know, reading this article over and over again, this book is a powerful book. If you can ever get it, it's out of print, but if you can get it, man, I'm telling you, it's a powerful book. And it talks about men of integrity, the things that we have to do when no one's looking, man. I think about this father choosing to, 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 to go down with his son, amen? And you think about that kind of love. We can have that love not only with one another, but with God as his bride and as a church. Can you say?